Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Off The Record, the main country music podcast that talks to the artists and songwriters behind the songs you know and love. I'm your host Imogen Marshall and as always please remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. All details are on our website at www.offtherecorduk.com. This week we're talking all things Nashville meets London ahead of the festival in less than two weeks time. Make sure you're there. First up we have the brains behind the concept Peter Conway without whom the festival would not exist. So I hope you can enjoy this conversation with Peter telling the little known story of the making of Nashville meets London. The record. Off the record. excited if you for the festival it's not not long away now it's not it's uh, I was just sending an email to all my partners in America to say it's catching up on us very quickly <laughs> suddenly That's, come around before you know it it's literally going to be in two weeks time yeah really exciting we're, we're now doing all the very detailed last-minute arrangements all get get to the nitty-gritty of it all Absolutely. And going back to the sort of the start of the festival, where did the sort of idea for Nashville Meets London come from? Was it your brainchild, your it baby? Wasn't it no. wasn't indeed. Um, I manage a band called Raintown. Yeah, you know, yeah, heard of them. They're based in Glasgow. Yeah. And they had been out to Nashville a number of times mm-hmm. to perform at the CMA Global Fest. Oh, amazing. In June. Yeah. And there was a possibility of them going out again. Mm-hmm. But I said, look, I would rather go out myself rather than spending thousands of pounds taking the band over. Yeah, because everyone forgets how expensive... It gets extremely expensive. Yeah. So I said I would go out and I would learn the country music trade and see where we go from there. And so I went out... Mm-hmm. And one of the people, the person who actually organises that stage at CMA is, was a guy called Jeff Walker of Aristo Media. And unbeknown to me until I met him, I met him on the day of the festival and we both said, look, let's meet up. Let's not do it today, the festival. Let's go and have breakfast. Are you free on Thursday? And I said, yes. So at eight o'clock in the morning at Jay Christopher's, I met with Jeff Walker, who I now know was Mr. Nashville. Um, He was known by everybody in Nashville. He was born in Australia, but emigrated to America, ended up in Nashville, and knew everybody. So just one of those, like, fortuitous meetings that sort of just always fell from the sky. One of those things that, and I was trying to work out, because he was the same age as me, Mm -hmm. 64, I was 64. We were, so this is four years ago. I was 61 at the time, so he was 61. Uh, Both our children worked with us at different times. I've got a daughter and a son, both worked in the business. He had his daughter working in this business, his son working in the business, his son-in-law working. Oh my gosh, it's just like a family affair going on. So we talked about the difficulties of being fathers and sons and daughters and employers and employees and all those kind of things. So we did all that. And I was still, if I say, struggling to find um, a connection with him. I mean, you know, we, we were getting on really well. Yeah. And so I said, listen, I live by the maxim 
that 50% of the talk in the music business is bullshit. And he looked at me as though he was aggrieved because he's a PR man. Yeah. But shook his head and said, no, 80%. And you're like, right, we're going to get along now. And we did. And from that moment onwards, I spent um, the next three days with him and evenings where he took me around. But the biggest thing was he got me into the VIP room at LPC. Have you been to Nashville? No, I haven't been yet. I'm going in October. Can't wait. (laughs) CMA Fest in June, which is the big festival. 90,000 people come into Nashville. Okay, you're talking about. I can just imagine how. When you get to Nashville, you'll see how small Nashville is. It's tiny. Um, You know, the centre of Nashville itself. It's one one street. Um, But over the. Literally, the the town is divided by a river, and on the other side of the river is LP Stadium, 77,000 capacity stadium. And every night for four nights in CMA Fest, six or eight major country names perform free to... Oh, I didn't realise CMA Fest was free. Well, no. The Um, the, uh, CMA Fest on the other side of the river, all the open stages are free. Yeah. But you pay to get into LP Stadium. I'm with you. All the money, all the artists are playing for free, and the money goes to raising money for music education. So I get into the VIP box on the first night with Jeff Walker... And when there's 150 of the movers and shakers, including the mayor of Nashville, and everybody would get up to go to the mayor, but the mayor came over to Jeff and said hello. And Jeff introduced me as the man from England who had an idea for a festival. And Jeff and I talked about how in many cases if you're a band outside of the UK or the US mm-hmm. and you're being invited to showcase at CMA Fest or C2C you end up paying to play you yeah. could actually it could cost five six ten thousand pounds to come over and that's your money it's and what crazy do you get, isn't it? what do you get from that and we said it would be great to do a festival where that did not occur mm-hmm. so the premise of the festival was we wanted to highlight emerging artists. Yeah. Um, we wanted to highlight emerging artists from both the US and the UK. We wanted them, those that came from abroad, we would pay their airfares, we'd pay their mm-hmm. visas, we'd give them a small fee, but they wouldn't go home broke. Yeah. So we started that idea. And he agreed that he was going to come over to Canary Wharf that September. So I met him in June. Mm-hmm. He was going to come over for lunch, dinner and we would see the site and talk through the festival. So you already had the site in mind at this point? I came back to the UK. I do a lot of work at Canary Wharf. Yeah. I program their major festivals. We already do a jazz festival that's been going 11 yeah. years. I took back the idea and said, why don't we do a country festival? They said, yes. And so I said, right, I'll start the planning. So I told Jeff, we've got the money. We've got the go ahead. Yeah. He's, I'm coming over, and in August, I got an email saying he dropped dead. Massive heart attack. Oh, God. I did not see that, that story going that way. It was, wow. Okay. okay. So, the and I was in shock because oh he'd sent gosh. me an email a couple of weeks before saying, 
we're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. So I'm now a dilemma because I knew that without a national partner, I couldn't work. Yeah. I couldn't do it. A month later, obviously after he'd been at funeral and everything, and yeah. 1,300 people turned up for his funeral. Wow. They closed Broadway. You'll see it to take the funeral hearse yeah. down. His son wrote to me and said, Dad, talk to us about a lot about the festival, mm -hmm. a lot about you. We would like to work with you on the festival as a dedication to our dad. Oh, my so gosh, I said, that's amazing. Look, I, you know, I don't know you. I haven't, you know, I've briefly met you. Mm -hmm. I'm coming over to Nashville anyway. I'll come and see you. Let's talk it through. And I met them. We got hit it off, and we all agreed we'd work together. And it's just an amazing tribute, then, as well. Like part of it. Well, it just... let's move on just yeah. to give you the full story. So we then started to plan for the first year, and I at that time had a business partner called John Elson, mm -hmm. who actually came to Nashville, met. Christian, Matt, yeah. met everybody, and we all agreed we would take this forward, take the risk, take it forward, do the festival. Um, and we did the first year. So yeah. the first year, we brought over Logan Mize, yep. Logan Brill, Ty Herndon, and American Young, and paired them with English acts. We did 10 acts in total. And it was a huge success the weather was beautiful all the way through the weather was beautiful and it was a huge success um that uh, that was in august mm -hmm. so we did the first one in august and in september i was meant to i gone away for holiday i said to my business partner john elson yeah um who was slightly older than me right we'll meet up for lunch and we'll talk about next year when i got a phone call to say he dropped dead the day before my so i've now lost two. two and so we now dedicate the festival yeah. to jeff and john oh, that's amazing. they were there at the beginning they were it was my idea i developed it but without them and without christian matt and balen we wouldn't have got anywhere yeah. um and so we're now into year two where Matt and Christy, Balin and I say, okay, we're still going ahead. We're going mm -hmm. to do year two, regardless of everything that's happened. Let's make it a tribute to John and Jeff. Definitely. And we did year two. Now, year two, the weather on the first day was terrible. So the audience was slightly down on the previous year on the Saturday. But Russell Dickerson was just amazing. I was going to say, he live must have just brought the energy right back up yeah were you there last year i wasn't because i was on holiday and it's okay. <laughs> so i'm so, so excited this year to either of the two of them not yet no but okay but you're coming this year oh, i'm 100 there bringing yeah. a whole load of people along as well <laughs> brilliant brilliant well he so the second year having people like ashley campbell Having people like Russell Dickerson, um, they recognise. You see, for us, all the artists we brought over from the states have been our ambassadors. Yeah. They go back to Nashville. They've been looked after really well. Number one, they're not broke. Number two, they're put up in good hotels. Three, they're looked after. And four, they get to play in front of a big audience. And they probably come back and go, 
the energy, the people, they're really receptive. How amazing is this? I want to come all, back. All, all that and more. Yeah. So if I can give you an idea, American Young, um, Christy and John are the two in American Young. Yeah. They did it as a duo that day, but they're... Christy's husband is a guy called Todd, the manager. Mm -hmm. And Todd said to me on the first year, he said, this is fantastic. You've done a brilliant job. Anytime you come into Nashville, you just call me up and any help you want, we'll do Amazing. it. Amazing. Logan Brill, she did a great show and she's now become a great friend. Every time I go into Nashville, I go and see her um, and we, we you know, hang out together. And she... Not she went back, told everybody, managers, agents, the whole lot, to the point that when I went into Nashville before the second year to meet yeah. artists, meet agents, her agents rang me up and said, I'm taking you out for lunch. I'd never met him. Wow. Um, and Matt and I went for lunch and he walked in, he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, I just want to let you know Logan has said so many good things about you and the festival. Mm -hmm. Whatever you want, we're here to help. Well, that's the amazing and thing, that if you treat people well and you know all these things and the artists enjoy it, it just snowballs like that, doesn't it? Treat the artists. Yeah. Look after the artists. And we've done that. So in year two, when Russell played, when he got C2C invitation this year, he always remembers that we brought him over first. Yeah. We did it first, before C2C, before the big promoters. And last year, we did Angelina Presley, Ashley Campbell. Lucy Silvas. Lucy Silvas yeah. on the... I'm just, in fact, <laughs> just to remind myself... Get the T-shirt out. There you go. Oh, yeah. Right. Kevin McGuire, so, uh, got... Ashley Campbell, Russell Dickerson, uh, Sam Outlaw... Lucy Silvers, mm. Joe Smith, who was fantastic. I spoke to her a few weeks ago, actually. She's absolutely lovely. She's bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, has it been one of those things that, you know, obviously it's really taken off and now it's just something that people are, like, massively looking forward to? I mean, it just must be just incredibly exciting for you, but did you think uh, that it would be the success it's been? No. I, yeah. I mean, building festivals takes time. Yeah, um, and we usually say it takes three years to actually build a festival. Third year is a charm. But we, we got it right from year one, and it's been building and building. And I'm really looking forward because we've got Tominsky, we've got Daniel Schneider, we've got Sam Palladio, uh, we've got the Sisterhood. Um, and we're all really looking forward to that, and all the yeah. UK acts as well. I was going to say, was it really important to you to have that balance of having yes. UK and you? Yeah. Yeah. It's very much, and that's why we chose the title Nashville Meets London. Yeah. That, you know, there's an equal balance to the two. We're not just about bringing over Americans. We're about bringing over Americans and I won't say pairing them, but putting them together with the UK. Having the balance, the back, yeah. Backstage area is really important where everybody gets to. And the hotel as well. Many of them stay at the hotel and we have the kind of, you know, late nights in the hotel. <laughs> um, so we're really looking forward to this year and yeah. we then decided again it was my idea uh i work a lot with pizza express dean street yeah i was going to i was going to silly talk about that and because the festival only happens you know at a week one weekend a year yeah. i talked to pizza express and said look i'd really like to do a monthly residency 
at Pizza Express. We'll call it Nashville Meets London Presents. Yeah. We'll bring over one American and one UK act. Do it more acoustically. Yeah, I love the acoustic sets always just work, don't they? And we'll do that. So we've now done four uh, evenings over the last four months. Mm -hmm. The first one was Noah Guthrie, who packed out, absolutely rammed it, and was just amazing. amazing. And we're now working with him. We're doing three shows with him down the line. So the relationships continue. Yeah. Noah Guthrie, we did James Dupre, we did Morgan Miles, and then we brought American Young back. And American Young last month were fantastic. They brought a band. And again, Todd says, how can we work with you again? You know, let's, let's yeah. keep It's beautiful building those relationships with people because they will be loyal to you. They're and, loyal. Yeah. They're loyal because, uh, you know, the country music scene here is still in development. So they want to develop, you know, relationships. Yeah. So we've now, we then decided, so the festival is on the Saturday and Sunday at Canary Wharf. Yeah. We've now got... The Thursday, your 26th of July, we're doing the opening night party. Amazing. And with five acts doing short sets, Twinny, Raintown, Scarlet Fever, oh, The Bass Brothers, song. and Els Bailey. That is such an incredible lineup already. Yeah. yeah. So they're all doing four songs each during the evening, and it's a chance to meet and greet, say yeah. hello. So we're doing that. Um, we're then doing the River Cruise. I was going to say, front, yeah. Which was, came through a contact of Balin's, mm-hmm. Maxwell Thompson, Max Thompson, Buck and Bull Saloon. Because when did Balin come on board? Was that very, that, well, he's always been there, hasn't he? When, before we even did the festival, before yeah. oh. we did the festival, we started doing some country nights indoors at East Winter Gardens in yeah. Mary. And we decided to ask Balin to come and compare because who else besides Bob Harris? But who's who's the young... Bringing the energy. So we invited Balin and I said to Balin, I've got an idea for a festival and if I pull it off, would you like to come and work on it? And he said, yes. So once I knew I'd got Jeff on board and then Aristo on board, I went back to Ben and said, do you want to join? Do you want to come on to the team and work with us to develop it? And he's been the kind of the fourth member. So Matt, Christie, me and Balin are yeah. the team. That's the team. And although if I say Balin likes to think of himself as the artistic. <laughs> um, the creative genius. <laughs> that's not the case. All yeah. the acts are chosen by the team and put forward yeah. by the team. Um, it's very much a collaborative process, very much a sharing. And I went international in February, saw 21 agents, record companies, came back with lots of ideas, and then we hammer it all out over the phone. Yeah. So here we are in the third year looking forward, and we've got now we're going to do the Thursday, the party. We're going to do the Friday on the river cruise, and we've only got, I think, about 60 tickets left. Oh, my gosh. 360 tickets. We're only allowed 360. Well, it's only a boat. There's only a certain amount of space you can fit on. And we've got uh, Frankie Davis, Megan O'Neill, Rain Town, and Liv Austin. 
they're all going to play a bit more informally. Yeah. 10 minutes and DJ by Balin and foods included and all sorts of things. So we're doing that. And then we're, by the time we get to Monday, we'll be knackered. You'll be, I just need to sleep. And then suddenly it will already be, oh, and on to the next one. And, you know, keep moving. I guess just things just keep moving, don't they? And the reason I do it is because I enjoy it. You know, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I enjoy, I love what I do. I love meeting new people. Wait till you go to Nashville. Nashville's a special I place. I cannot wait. It's a fantastic, fantastic place. So all, you know. All. And obviously you've got an incredible lineup this year. Is there anyone you particularly, you know, most excited about? Uh, you know, personally, I'm looking to Frankie Davis. I'm looking to Jade Helliwell. Yeah. I'm looking to Key West. Um, but I'm definitely looking to Dylan Schneider and oh, Tominsky. Yeah, and I haven't, I haven't heard Dylan Schneider perform live before, so I think that'll be really that's really exciting. So you know, and all these kind of things, and I'm in the middle of it. You know. Yeah. With my, you must just get a look back and think, this is, you know, my ba- this idea that was in my head and all these people, it just must be so magical for you. Yeah, but, but I've been in the business now 40 years. Yeah. And it still excites me. I still get a buzz from the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, when things go well. And also, it's a great social thing. You meet new friends. You know, like us having a conversation Yeah, now. it's lovely, it's isn't it? And that's what life is about, meeting, extending your networks. You never know where things will go, what offers you might get, where. And Nashville has now, for me, every time I go into Nashville, I've got lots of friends there. Yeah, which is, you know, <coughs> that's what it's all about, isn't it? Like connecting with different people and different things all over the world. I could only do three days. I had to go to Kansas City for other work. And yeah. some friends I couldn't even get to and they were complaining and they were going well, and you're like oh I, don't want to, I want to see everybody but I don't have enough time on my hands so there you go yeah. so there's the there's the story thank you very much for that no that's really great it's just good to hear the story behind the festival because you know yeah. when you look you, when you look at things you think you know it all, all looks so perfect but the story to get there is always really interesting yeah and it's um as I say, it's dedicated to John Elson, E-double-L-S-O-N, yeah. and Jeff uh, Walker. But Christy has mm-hmm. been amazing. Uh, you know, she's just been absolutely amazing, as has Matt. Yeah. Um, but she's a powerhouse. She takes after her dad. Um, and I keep saying, you know, to her, your dad would have been really proud mm-hmm. because they grabbed it, they took yeah. her gear, and they've worked with me, and it's been it's been absolutely great. Oh, well, it's an amazing story, and amazing that you made it happen, even with all the, you know, with them both dying on you and all this stuff. It's amazing that it still happened. It's life. Yeah, you know. it it is unfortunately. Life. It goes on. We're still here. The festival's happening. Long may it continue to happen. We've got lots of plans for it. Um, that's why this year we've done the two new things. The yeah. Room- or whatever. Make it into an uh, extended weekend. And we're, and we're here. Yeah. So come down and enjoy I it. I will. I'm really, really excited. I'm hoping the weather will be great. We'll hope this, hope this weather keeps up. And uh, yeah. I look forward to meeting you in person. When you come on site. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. So thanks to Peter Conway for that. I hope you enjoyed that insight into the creation of National Meets London. Um, make sure to go along to National Meets London. It's free and it is happening a week on Saturday through to Sunday. And we've got the Lights of Sisterhood Band 
to raise home to Minsky and Jade Heliwell, who you will be able to hear coming up now. So Jade is a wonderful singer. She has recently released her new EP called Infatuation, which we'll talk a lot about on, on in this interview. Um, she's the BCMA Female Vocalist of the Year from last year. So she's got a really exciting career ahead of her. So please welcome Jade Heliwell. Oh gosh, sorry. How um how how are you? How's everything been going? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, really good. You just play, you've just come off playing um, Buckle and Boots, haven't you, a few weeks ago? Yeah. How was that? That was so good. It was because it was um, your second, third time playing? Third, yeah. Last year I was the event, and then last year I was on the BCMA stage. Yeah. And she was on the main stage. So Amazing. Because I know <laughs> it was one year you played like a round with Jen Bostick. Yeah, play, that was last year as well, yeah. So really fun, and you, and I was going like back to the beginning. I guess like talking about your music from the start. Have you been singing since you were really really small? Yeah, I started when I was about nine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went on like a family holiday and I sang on the karaoke there. And so then, much fun. Uh, <laughs> when we came back, I did like a CD of like cover songs. Sorry, I keep moving. No, this don't one. worry. Of <laughs> uh, some like cover songs. Um, and then started singing at the local rugby um, like games on the yeah. picture time. And then I started doing like the odd club and like charity event, things like that. Um, then when I was 19, I taught myself how to play guitar and started writing songs and doing oh, open so mic night. Because yeah, I imagine that's like, because that's a learning a lot in a small space of time, like playing the guitar yeah. and like songwriting and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, I mean, I had the guitar and I'd learn like a chord and then put it back down when I was like 17 and then... yeah. Like to out found Taylor Swift's first album, or she sort of just released it, I think, around that year. Yeah, and I was like, No, I am willing to play guitar now, and so I started learning. And then I think the writing just sort of naturally came with it. Yeah, because you're from Yorkshire, York, Yorkshire, yeah, right? yeah. Yorkshire. So, um, I can imagine like the country music and stuff is not like huge in Yorkshire. No. <laughs> I'm like, am I speaking too soon? And suddenly you're like, no, 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 there's a really like big scene up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, definitely a bit of an odd one around here. Um, mostly like house music and stuff like yeah. that. Did your parents then like uh, listen to it or did you just get into it randomly? Just randomly, really. I mean, my mum was into like Shania Twain. And yeah. Stuff and but that's probably about as country as it got in my house. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all on my own through the internet and stuff like YouTube. It's always the way, isn't it? Like, you just get down the YouTube black hole. Yeah. And I think it was yeah, like... there for hours, like, click, click, click. Yeah. And Taylor Swift, and it's suddenly like, oh, my God, right, this is my stuff, and I'm here, like, yeah. ten hours later, this is the music yeah. that I want to do. Yeah. And, like, I remember that I didn't have, like, didn't really stock much in the H&V near me at the time. So I used to get them imported in from America. So oh was my like, god! That's when you know the obsession's oh. real when you like dedicated to the music. So yeah. you're getting things imported for you. Yeah, yeah. I remember, like stocking up on CDs that would have cost me ten quid, but I would pay like twenty, twenty-five pounds to get yeah. them sent up. Like I have to have it. I, I need it. I need it in my stores. Yeah. So kind of what? Um, what was the point then where you were like, music is what I want to do, um, or like pursue that route? So, when, I mean, I've always known I've wanted to yeah. do it, but I've sort of dipped in out. So when I was about 22, I think, I quit my job yeah. to do it time. I was just, like, gigging and stuff all the time. And then I had, like, a problem with my voice and sort of lost it. Nice. And when I was trying to sing, it would cut out. Yeah. Um, 
So I had to get another job. So I got the job as a teaching assistant. And then my voice came back. It turned out it was just some weird acid reflux problem. Which oh, my God. I was like, what? You're like, um, okay, so this could have been sorted. Good, great. Yeah, could have been going with one visit to the doctor's visit. No, but I had, like, cameras in my throat and everything. And yeah. then I was like, you just got an acid problem. I'm like, what? So my voice came back, luckily. Uh, okay, l- luckily, we sorted it out. <laughs> yeah. And then I went to school, and I still wanted to do it full-time, but I just mm. didn't reach the point, I think, where I thought, right, now it's time to do it. Yeah. And then, like me, I had a video with the bus cut. Yeah, I was going to say, that amazing video that seems to have just yeah. been, like, that that moment for you. Yeah, it's so mad. And, like, the, off the back of that, I was having a lot of meetings. And because mm-hmm. I worked at the school, you can't obviously be off unless it's, term, uh, like, school holidays. Yeah. I had a really good teacher, so I'd go and see him, and he'd say, yeah, you can take the Monday off and stuff. I got where it was every week. I was in there like, I need more time. I need to go for meetings. I need to go recording. And then suddenly you're like, this is just... Yeah, I need to make a decision. I need to stay at school. Yeah. And I'm sick the weekend. Oh, I need to quit my job and throw myself into it full time. So last year's Buckle and Boots, actually, like, I don't know if you saw around when I mentioned in the round, that Friday I left my job and then played Buckle and Boots. And that was like the first gig I'd done. Oh, my God. Time, sort of you're thing. having like this moment. Yeah. It must have been yeah. like a... Like quite a special moment if you just quit your job and then you're like have this experience and you're like right yeah. that was the right decision yeah because I was obviously a bit like dubious about quitting it and then well you always week, are like it's a big decision to yeah I was like will I you know will I make any money will yeah. I survive will anyone ever book me again like am I just gonna never get any work I'm gonna have to go back yeah. and find a job I'm gonna be groveling and asking for my old job back and then I was playing that in the round with Sonia Lee and Jay Bostick and I'm like how have I landed a slot in this in the round with these two? Like, I'm yeah. going to fall on my face in front of everybody. No. But it went quite well. It was just really nice. And, like, I think the tent was so full. And it was yeah. just, I felt like it was a really good connection with the audience in that round. Yeah. And I was like, no, I have made the right decision. Like, this cemented it. I definitely need to do music full time. Is that beautiful thing with country music? Sorry, I, I was going to say, it's, I love those in the rounds. Like, I think it's such a yeah. special thing for like the country scene, like having yeah. those because you just get. It's always <laughs> the most amazing. Like, it, it touches your hair. Yeah, definitely. You feel really connected to people who've written the songs, and I think a lot of the time you hear a song, and I, like, I'll take my take on a song that I've heard and think, oh, this is what it's about. This is what it means to me. I mean, you'll see yeah. them in the side, right round, and they'll tell you what it's about. And you're like, that is completely, completely. different what I had in my head but or suddenly like when you hear this this story you're suddenly like you have an even greater connection sometimes because you're like oh my god like I heard that experience or like now you said that that's this yeah yeah I like you'll hear the song again and you think oh well now I know what it Mm. means it's even more like of an impact when you hear the song and I guess as an artist it's quite a good experience like meeting new people and like trying out new material yeah. all that kind of thing yeah and I think an in the round is really good to play um, like the songs that you wouldn't necessarily put into like a full band like yeah. festival might have something that you really like but it's a bit too slowed down or yeah. a bit deep for like a festival set but in the round you can sort of put that stuff on and like people will be sort of connecting to it then you show a different yeah. side of music so I was going to talk to you also about like your songwriting process also obviously before talking about your EP um is it have you always like written just you or is it like have you evolved to write with more people yeah um so I started out just writing on my own yeah. so my first EP and album I wrote all those ones on my own yeah. and then the second EP I did some co-writes with Justin Johnson mm-hmm. uh, 
they wrote three of the songs on there together. Um, and that was sort of, I'd done a little bit of co-writing on sort of, with a, a local guy who I sometimes yeah. perform, David Luke. So we did a couple of songs together, but never recorded them or anything. Yeah. So that first sort of experience of proper co-writing. Um, so I did that for the EP, and then I just really liked it, and yeah. like how you can sort of start with an idea and someone else can twist it, and then you can add to it and just develop the song. And it's probably one of the things where suddenly... You know when you like forget a word and you're like, oh my yeah. god, what is that? What is it? And then yeah. it's kind of, it must be kind of like that sometimes with lyrics. Like, yeah. I don't know what I want to say, but I want to say something. And then they say it and you're like, that is what, I'm, what I wanted to yeah. say. Definitely. Um, so after that one, when I was reco- recorded this new EP and starting to write it, I had a couple songs that I wanted to put on there. But I also wanted to do some co-writes and get something mm-hmm. within the same theme of like infatuation. So yeah. I did a co-write with um, Sue McMillan and with Luke Thomas and, uh, and then I did a couple co-writes with a few other people like uh, Tim Milligan and yeah. Demi Magna. Um, they just didn't go really talented people yeah um, and then I've done some more co-writing and we're going back to the studio on Monday actually to do some more recordings so. oh my gosh so yeah. new, new projects coming soon yeah, yeah. definitely. What, yeah. What, the, when you've released, obviously, your first EP, which was Secrets back in it was 2015, yeah. was it? What was the sort of process for putting that one out? Because obviously it's quite it's quite daunting putting out your first EP. Yeah. You don't quite know what... I was really new to it. Um, so I'd released an EP before, but not online. It just, like, yeah. I made a CD and would sell it at gigs or, like, give it to people, like, please listen to it. <laughs> please, uh, please, yeah. like... <laughs> Share it with your friends, take it everywhere, play it anywhere and everywhere. And then when I was doing the album, um, I was like, I want to put an iTunes. But there wasn't really a like a campaign around it. I just yeah. ordered it and released it and did like a local gig with my family and friends yeah. and the local fans where it was like, well, my, my album's out. Um, so once I started to release like, the EP that I did with Justin Johnson, that was a yeah. bigger campaign around it. And then again with this one. So I think with each one I've released, it's got a bit more. learned a lot more and put more behind it rather than just sticking it online and hoping someone will come across it and buy yeah. it. Yeah, and obviously between Forget the Night and Infatuation, you had this like video that got released and obviously went viral. Yeah. So was there sort of a... Because you almost have that like spark and it, it's almost like more... Was it a bit more pressure for... And when infatuation came out, because yeah. the people, think, your name's out there now, yeah. um, and you had that much, like a bit more of a, like momentum going on, I guess. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think like, as well, because a lot of people who found the Forgetting Night EP were mm. from the back of the video, so they went to the country fans, so they downloaded the EP, so I didn't know whether we'd be putting new music out that'd expect exactly the same sound as Forgetting yeah. Night, um, and they'd not like it, or they'd want something completely different and I'm still fairly country sounding yeah. and then they weren't like so there was a bit of pressure but I think the people who weren't already like fans of my music would just come on board sort of after and learn about me yeah it's always like do I want to match it but then my sound's evolving so yeah definitely but I, I think it had a good response no uh, really good amazing yeah. thank you yeah and when when you went into record infatuation had you been to Nashville many times had you got like uh kind of like a Nashville flavour in there or any influences from yeah. being out there? So I've been to Nashville three times, mm-hmm. uh, but always just like on holiday, I'm a proper tourist. So no, I'm, I'm going for the first time in October and I'm going to be like, oh my God, taking all the pictures everywhere. Like. So good. So uh, <clears throat> I was like, 
I really like the modern country sound that's mm-hmm. out there. Like so, things like Kelsey Ballerini and Maddie and Tay and yeah. Ray Lynn. And, like I really love that sort of sound. So when we went into the studio, uh, that was like whenever because I'm not really going to put into words like things I'd like to sing things. And I was yeah. like, just think Kelsey Ballerini, just think. That's when you know you've like met the right people to work with yeah. that you say something and you're like I don't know what I'm trying to say but this yeah. kind of thing and they're like yeah I, I understand it's yeah. fine yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah luckily Rob like completely understood what sort of sound it was that I was trying to achieve yeah, yeah. Did a really good job at it and obviously with infatuation like did you go in when you went to write the ep with like infatuation an idea or was it something that you sort of realized afterwards and sort of when you listen back to the tracks that you'd chosen yeah it was like um so i had um by my side yeah in december i knew i wanted to put that on the ep um so i had that one and i had um numb yeah. I knew I put that one on. That one's my favourite. Yeah. I just love your your voice is amazing on that track, like oh, thank particularly. You. Um, so I knew that those ones wanted to be on there, um, and then I did a co-write with Stu and we wrote Boom Tick. Yeah. And I did a co-write with Luke and we wrote Repeat, and I was like, realised like all these songs are sort of about some form of infatuation or love and yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to call the EP at the time but I knew I didn't want to name it after a track because I've done that with like the past two yeah. years so I wanted it to be something that was a theme throughout and then I wrote uh, I was looking through other ones I'd written and I'd, I'd done When I'm Sleeping I thought that's still about infatuation but sort of the other side of it Yeah. so when I linked them all together like infatuation was the name that kept coming out and at first I was a little bit like mm, I don't know if it's a bit of a ridiculous name for no I love it I, like, I won't call it that and then the more I got to it and then I started thinking about the artwork so I was like you know, yeah because the artwork it is like I've noticed you said it before it's sort of like that it has that American Beauty-esque thing so it yeah. really does all tie together all yeah. the tracks and everything yeah definitely so when I like decided on the name and then I got in touch with the photographer I was like just think red <laughs> like lovely colours yeah. like, she was like I've got the perfect dress you can wear I mean I couldn't move in it but it definitely does. but it's fine because all you have to do is like lie and then take some pictures you don't need to <laughs> yeah. move you don't need to dance around so that's okay <laughs> Yeah, when I got there, she was like, she needs to lay on the floor, or like, I can't actually lay down right, so... I can't move, you're going to have to, like, pick me up, and, like, yeah. tip me Yeah, my mum and my friend had to, like, take me by an arm each, and just, like, straight, like, lay me just flat on the floor, like... <laughs> Help me! I can't get yeah, up now, I'm pinned to the ground, but that's yeah. okay. I was like, I don't want to rip it, it's not my dress, like... Oh, I'm my God, I'm stressed. Go. I feel you. And how many songs, like, didn't make the EP? Were there many... Was it always yeah. it sort of... Yeah. How Loads, you yeah. I feel I'm constantly writing and like I say I do a lot of co writes. Um but then you feel like they're just sort of sitting on a shelf and a lot of the time you write things and then you start like trialing them out at gigs and playing them while you're working yeah. and it comes to record you feel like it's an old song, even though it's never been recorded because you've played it so much. Yeah. Um, one song that I did trial to put on, I don't know if you've heard called Mind of a Man that I play live quite a bit. Oh, no, I haven't uh, heard that one after. So yeah, that's like it's a really fun song. it's about like um different chat outline things that oh I love the sound of that already so, um, yes it's quite a quirky song mm. but um, and as much as I look at people keep tasking and putting it on it just didn't seem to fit with the theme as well yeah. as but like I would still love to record it um so it it's just, hard because sometimes you have that like 
when you go in to make an EP or an album things, it's not always the, your favourite songs. You have to sort of fit as, yeah. a, as a kind of work of art separate yeah, to just definitely. making sure each single is good. Yeah, definitely. So um, there were a lot of songs like that filled yeah. on the shelf, but I would like to do something with them at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. And what was your favourite track from the album, like either to play or to record or just one that um, sticks out? Often changes to record. I think probably numb because mm. that was like I think that was the um, no that was the second one that I'd written for it. But I'd been singing that song for like over a year. Yeah. So it was really always just acoustic. So it was really nice to get like obviously all the music yeah. around it and then just sing the song like a sort of ballad. Um, Is it ever hard to play live? Because I always think like it's just there's so much like emotion in it. There's sometimes yeah. it must be quite hard to get into that like emotional well, headspace. Yeah. I think when I first started playing it, I think I was still getting over being dumped, so I was a bit like... <laughs> and every time you play it, you're like, don't cry, don't cry, yeah. like, keep it inside, but not inside. Yeah, it's not so much now. I think, like you say, you have to sort of put yourself back into that headspace and sort yeah. of using like, how to feel and remind yourself. At Buckle and Boogie, they get a bit choked up singing it, but it wasn't necessarily because of the song but by the reaction like the yeah. audience up front and like my family were there and I could see they were like yeah it was like, like it was like a moment like because it's a that's a hard song to sing it's quite yeah. a wide vocal range it's sort of set back it's not really able to like bounce about and you can just really sing the song and sort of look at people I was a bit so that was a bit yeah, that moment of being like I need to be emotional because I need to connect people and yeah. the song but also like not get so overwhelmed you can't yeah. finish the song oh my god it's yeah. like walking the, walking the line of this between the yeah. two like every time Jane Bostick sings Jealous of the Angels and does it cry I'm like I don't know how she does it because I no. cry every time I pick that song oh every my god that time. song it like it gets you and you're like what are you doing <laughs> to my soul I get in the round of Buckle of Boots this year and I was like to my friend with my sunglasses on it's not dark and I'm like I need the sunglasses on <laughs> Otherwise, this is going to go viral. Like, it was great that that busking video went viral, but imagine if, like, there was just a video of you, like, crying or something that gets <laughs> on YouTube, just like... <laughs> and obviously, um, going back to, like, last year, last year was this just amazing moment for you, I feel. Yeah. Like, you won the Yamaha Hodan competition, and, you know, you got BCMA, um, you can be my vocalist of the year. Like, how just crazy was it for you to like experience all that it well last year was like non-stop me just being like what <laughs> what has happened what? in my life because i just everything seemed to happen really fast even mm. though it spread throughout the years so, like you said the yamaha thing was probably the start of it where i entered that competition then really supposed and i saw who was on my heat and i think it was like emma moore and thornhill kira mack yeah and i was just like there's not a chance i'm gonna win that heat and i even contemplated just being like well there's no point me going i need to rush home from work I've got no tea I've got to get to Manchester for six o'clock I've got to put my makeup like oh, I can't bother yeah I was like I've got to do my makeup in the car like is there any point and then I was like you know I should still go because you never know I could yeah. give a chance then I won the heat and I was like really okay <laughs> wow but, we'll, let, okay. we'll just carry on going and then this yeah. happened and then the final was in Milton Keynes and I, as I mentioned I worked at a school where I was like there's not a chance I'm going to be able to have the day off school. But then it fell on, like, a random day that we had off for some, like, sort of training day. I was like... And it's just, like, meant to be. To <laughs> yeah. That moment is, like, fate. So it's, yeah. Yeah. And then I was really shocked when I won that. I could not believe it. I was like, I don't believe it. Like, I've been going to CTC every year. And 
fangirled enough and everyone on the How amazing was it like, to the merch stand? Yeah. So then to actually get to perform on, at the festival, I was like, this is amazing. Um, and then obviously the video as well, going viral, that was unbelievable. I feel like I didn't sleep for a few weeks, just constantly looking at my phone, it was going off constantly. And You must have also been like, like refreshed, like what? Um, yeah. like an extra my million people years. more like excited than me and I'd be at work and obviously I worked at school so my phone was always in my bag I don't mm. get it for like an hour a day I put it out at lunchtime and I have thousands of messages on my Facebook and like emails and then my friends would be sending me print screens of it in like OK magazine and like be getting links for like ABC in America amazing. like this girl Jade went on this show like what and this is amazing work is normal it's so bizarre so, <laughs> definitely like, yeah, a, like I'm a dreaming it. moment yeah, I felt like Hannah Montana. I was like on my phone at lunchtime, like, oh, what's happening? And I was back in the classroom. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is literally the best embarrassment ever. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was really crazy. And then quitting my job. and Yeah. And then I, I've never been to the BCMAs. So I was I was like, this year I'm going to the BCMAs. And then they released the nominations. And I thought if... And you're going anyway. If nominated because... for anything, it would be... The Horizon Act, because I'm new to the scene yeah. and I played on the Horizon stage at Brooklyn Boots. When they announced that and I wasn't nominated, I was like, I haven't made it. I'm like, next year, next year's my year. I'm going to make it for a nomination. Then at least a female vocalist and I was like, what? <laughs> no, not a chance. And I was like, I can't believe I've been nominated for it. But I was like, I mean, I was with like Laura Rhodes and Deanne Dexter, who I love. So oh, I was like, amazing. I was like, I'm not winning these awards, but it's incredible to be nominated. Yeah. I'm just going to so then I was performing at the night as well, which was also really incredibly cool. asked to do that. I was really honoured to be asked to perform at the awards night. So I was um, thinking, don't have a drink before you perform. So I didn't drink until after performance. <laughs> and I was like, you can knock back all the gin now. You're not getting on that stage to accept any awards. So oh, no. I was my gins, and then they announced my name. And I was sat with, like, Deanne and Laura and Debbie Barrier. And Debbie was like, shoot, I'm like. You're like, walk, walk in a straight line. Please walk in <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh my god. Yeah, please don't do like a, like a Jennifer Lawrence yeah. like fall on the stage. Imagine. I mean, luckily I'd stayed away from the Prosecco at the beginning of the night, so it's just a couple of gins, but no, it was really, really, really shocking to find that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's just amazing. Yeah, like getting gig bookings and like the festival slots and stuff. It's been incredible. Yeah, because obviously, and then in a few weeks, we've got National Meets London, which will be, yeah. I'm so excited. It will be. I, and, I can't. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That's like, I'm a real geek and every year I make like a board of like things I'd really love to get involved in or like achieve. No, I love that. That's really cool. I I do the same thing. I do like a, not a a bucket list, but a barrel list of all the things I want to do like that year rather than, yeah. Yeah, that's the same. So I had like boots on there, National Meets London and stuff. And you're like ticking them off. I'm like, I'm sure I'll be like, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, when I the National Meets London thing through, I was like, this is unbelievable. Well, like I've been, that was the main thing on my list. I was like, I'm dying yeah. to do that. No, I can't wait. To, I can't wait to see performing. It will be amazing. Yeah. It must yeah. be really cool to be part of, um, I guess this because obviously it's just taken off over the past few years. So being part yeah. of the sort of like wave of British country acts and scene, like yeah. I feel like it's such an exciting time time to be an artist, like over here as well. Not just having to go over to Nashville and have the excitement there. It's like it's here yeah. as well. Yeah, definitely. I was doing an interview early in the morning and I was saying, you know, when I first started going to country gigs, maybe like six, seven years ago, mm. I found it really hard to actually find a gig. And like, for me, the closest place was always Manchester. 
And once a blue moon, somebody from America had announced they were coming, and me and my friend who was country would be like, oh my God, like there's a country out going to Manchester. And now it's just, I feel like every week if I wanted to, I could find a gig, be it an unsigned artist in the UK yeah. or American, like, or, you know, anybody else, sorry, Australia, wherever, like you could always find a country gig anywhere. And it, close to home, there's a lot in Leeds. Yeah. And even like, Mr. Musgroves is playing in York, like at the end of the year, like that would have never happened. When did you ever think that? Like, exactly. It's that almost like going getting to the stage where I'm like, I've got to decide which ones to go yeah. to. There are too many. <laughs> but uh, I say that like, even though I'm an artist and I'm involved in it, and it's great to be involved in mm. it, I'm mostly just a major fangirl. So I love going to yeah, I love it. Just it's trying really not to like embarrass myself too much, like not trying yeah. not to be like, oh my god, like what is <laughs> to see uh, which are writers' night. The year just gone. Yeah. And I think Ben from the Shires were at the bar at the side of me, and I was like, and my boyfriend could see the gleam in my eye, and he was like, no, don't find go. Like, be cool, be cool. Yeah. Like, just I relax. Like, you know, like, like ordering a drink, and I'm like, I couldn't speak because if I did, I'd just be like, I love it so much. <laughs> it's it's like, one of those things like, who, sorry, who are you? Like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> My friend's like really cool at like just playing it cool when she like beat celebrities and stuff or like people she really idolise yeah. like, not like I have to read it in, like I have to really have a word for myself. Or it's like they just calm down, it's like, like yeah. <laughs> Kipo came into the bar afterwards and I'm like, just keep on. And I just start and again I got the look from my boyfriend like, Don't like, <laughs> Don't do it, like calm down. <laughs> and then he came over like, What's your name? And I was like, Oh, it's Jenny, nice to meet you, like, I'm Kip. Inside I'm like, I know who you are I was like, nice to meet you. <laughs> Inside, like all this, like things just swirling, swirling, and swirling. <laughs> so I always end with like just some more silly questions. Um, so, what would be the dream performance venue you'd love to perform at? Um, there's a couple. I'd love, obviously, to perform at the Grand Old Opry. I think that's yeah. probably everybody's answer. Um, but also for me, I'd love to perform at the First Irish Arena in Leeds. Because yeah, that's my local huge venue I always think it would be but, so cool to go back to like your hometown or whatever and play just a really yeah. big gig yeah definitely um I think it would be really cool to to be able to play in the arena meets. yeah definitely and you've opened up to like some amazing names like country and non-country but is there a gig that really stands out as being like a one moment in your career that you just was like this is amazing um not so much well, supposedly it's part, but probably the in the round that I yeah. mentioned earlier. With Jen and Sonia, yeah, that was probably the moment when I was like, I have to do music, like, this is incredible. This is where I'm meant to be. This is, yeah. yeah, definitely. Is there a show you're binge-watching at the moment? Um, if you even have time. I feel like your life is just, like, crazy at the moment. I'm really old school, and partly because Netflix doesn't work in my bedroom, but I buy sets of DVDs. I love it. I Watch like season five, but I'm currently rewatching The Vampire Diaries. Oh. I love it. See, I watched like season two, and I think it was that it got banned at my school for watching it. <laughs> so then I stopped watching it. So I just kept back into so watching it. Um, what's one record you couldn't live without if you were stuck on a desert island? Ooh, um, at the moment, oh, you know, the record I keep listening to over and over again. I'm like, I love when it came out. I listened to it on moon. Yeah. I still love it. It's Carrie Underwood's Carnival Ride. Oh, everything she does is just like I know, so good. And she'll be here for the long road, see? I know. Really exciting. I like 
I ain't got tickets. I'm like, I need to go. I'm at my friend's wedding the night before. I'm like, I need to figure out a no, way to get. It, it's it's to get gonna to happen. <laughs> like, someone needs to invent a like a time travel yeah, with the bikes. Yeah, a little pod and pop up where you need to be. Yeah, need that. Um, do you have a really weird fact about yourself? Um, a weird fact. This is probably yeah, really weird. The weird is like, better. I love the weird. <laughs> I like to watch videos of eye tests. Oh, that's so random. <laughs> I told my boyfriend and it's like, that is the weirdest thing. Wait, I've ever like heard. people like, doing eye tests or you? Like people having the right, like medical videos of like chiropractic adjustments and like. Wait, I, no, I can't actually get on board of that. Yeah. I like I like how the body, body works. It's weird. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. It's like so weird and it sends me to sleep. So like if I need to go to bed early, I like, it's like. Are you going to watch medical videos? I'm like, yeah. It will set me to sleep really nicely. <laughs> Do you have a favourite like road trip jam that you're guaranteed to, I don't know. Yeah. Um, if I'm on a road trip, I want like old school R&B songs. Um, so, Love or like pop stuff like TLC, no scrubs. Yeah, um, sometimes Jericho, you need the like yeah. belter like, yeah. this is songs I'm rather than country sometimes won't. It will cut it on like a summer day, but not in the middle yeah. of winter. Yeah, I think if I had to choose a country song, um, at the moment, I love like the Luke, I still listen to Luke Bryan's Crush My Pie. Yeah. Uh, oh, that song. So good. Brothers Osborne as well, I think they're really good for like road Yeah, yeah. Shoot Me Straight. Certainly. Yeah. Maybe not Shoot Me Straight on the road, but still, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do a beauty essential. E45 cream. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, all the moisturizers. Oh. Um and do you have a favorite country record? Um it differs. I think probably one of my favorites is the Taylor Swift's first album just because yeah. that was a, the thing that sort of really got me into country. And yeah. I think I still stick it on and love it just as much as I did back when I first heard it. She can do no wrong, really, can't she? <laughs> and the last one is, so complete the sentence. So music is? Everything. Country music is? Healing. Jade Helliwell is? Weird. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the weirder the better. And if you could just let everyone know where they can like find you and all that support. Well, in London in a few weeks, obviously, but other than that. Yeah, so I'll be doing the, um, actually tomorrow night I'm playing in Norbrecht in Blackpool uh, cool. at the Epicentrum Country Party, so we're playing a set about eight o'clock and then we've got like two DJs on, so that's really five cool. packs in. Um, but yeah, it's all up on my social media. Um, yeah, just basically stalk you and then you find everything yeah, there. Yeah, and everything. Yeah, and then, as you mentioned, Nashville meets London. I'll be there on 28th of July and also at FSA on the 28th of July. Really cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. This is really fun. Um, and, yeah, hopefully I'll meet you. We'll see you at Nashville meets London then in a few weeks. Thank you so much to Jade Hellwell for that and to both my guests, Peter Conway and Jade Hellwell for their time this week. And that will do for episode 28 of Off The Record. As always, please remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And I will speak to you all next week where we talk to Bailey and Leonard, all things Long Road. Um, so happy Monday, everyone. Bye, y'all. Where you go, so good, like a